Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Truth cast, beginning transmission. Have the fun of finding my lips. It is so sensual. It's a very basic conspiracy. I promise this won't hurt at all. You laughed at me. I did. I'm sorry. Government is playing a game. They want to see if they can make people disappear. We will not be silenced. Okay. There are still so many unanswered questions about what's going on. I think it's funny that you come at me with three identifications and they're all clearly squirrels. <laughs> oh, he had sex with an owl. I had to maintain my dominance. I'm a regular Dan Rickles. Keep your hands to yourself. Hello, I'm Thomas Luge, and we are here with another episode of the Truth Cast that is True Revelations Uncovered Through Heroism Cast. And as always, I am here with my partner, Mr. Little Dickie Ricketts. Hey, Thomas, we're turning over a new leaf. Yes, we are, Dickie. This is a new era of the Truth Cast. We're showing exactly how tolerant we are and making good on our promise that we weren't going to murder anyone else by testing our patience. And we're having a very interesting fella on the podcast who happens to be a stand-up comedian. Yes, yes. Everyone, please welcome to the Truth Cast, Mr. Ryan Singer. Well, thanks for, you know, thanks for taking the chance and like having me on. You know, it shows you guys are really committed to your new way of life. Well... You know, you're a good Midwestern fella, originally from Dayton, Ohio, uh, so it's the least we could do. We know that you live in the city of sin right now, but we're not going to hold that against you. So if you think Los Angeles is the city of sin, then what is Las Vegas to you? Oh, that's a city of opportunity. Oh, okay. Yeah, what <laughs> okay. Do you, because you can gamble. Okay. Yeah, well, in Las Vegas, you can gamble. In Los Angeles, you just gamble with your morality. Oh, I see. Yes, okay. yes. You, you, in in Los Angeles, you gamble with your body. In Las Vegas, you gamble with your possessions. Possessions can be replaced. Okay, and... Okay, so bodies can't be replaced. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Not yet. But Just the, pieces the, of them. Yes, the elites are working on that, though. Yeah, yeah, aren't they are, in fact. Now, you gave a very interesting presentation. I guess some people call it stand-up comedy. I called it an enlightening discussion. Wow, I'm uh, like, wow, I'm kind of blown away by your praise. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I personally wish you would stop demeaning yourself by calling yourself a standing up comedian and just accept the fact that you are a truth teller and a hero, Mr. Singer. What about like, could I even say like mystic or prophet? Oh, Yes, please do. Okay, so that's that's what you think I should do. Yes, we didn't want to be too forward and make you uncomfortable, but that was you took the words right out of our minds. Thomas, reintroduce him. Um, hello, everyone. We would like to introduce to the Truthcast um, mystic and prophet Ryan Singer. But also say truth teller and hero. Also truth teller and hero. Okay, but as one continuous thought, we have a, a mystic and a prophet truth telling hero here. Uh, 
everyone please welcome to the truth cast a a mystic truth telling hero of a prophet also a prophet you'll get there buddy mm. we just did a lot of hard time one time one more time one the third time's a charm we have a mystic hero making a prophet from truth telling mr ryan singer sweet baby thomas i think you're losing it. Uh, it, it i've been on the inside for too long dickie you wouldn't know this because it happened in a different timeline but we went to prison for making some unfortunate errors but that's all been a race did you what'd you do you like dimensional jumped out oh we murdered so many guests left and right but you're safe okay because this is a different timeline this is a new era oh, yes yeah. yes one of our past guests who we did not murder uh coincidentally mr walter allen lincoln clay traveled through time by drinking his own urine to undo the murders that we committed. Oh. Yeah. That's a good friend to have, actually. Mm, yes. He's a Vietnam vet. He was subjected to Agent Orange, and one of the side effects of Agent Orange is drinking your urine and being able to time travel. But don't forget through the tra- time traveling, he is one of the only living humans who is both a Vietnam vet and Revolutionary War vet. That is true. But that's not why we're here. I took umbrage with part of your discussion today, Mr. Singer. Oh, I think I know what that word means. Okay, umbrage? sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's the soccer shorts I wear sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'll never Never forget Umbros. Oh yeah, I I will not tell that story on this uh, particular uh, podcast, this program, because it's it might be a little too much. I have a story that's very near and dear to my heart about Umbros. Oh, but please, w- Mrs. was Sanger. it you wearing them? Because you have yes, very I was long wearing, legs. I was wearing them as a child when I was younger. Okay, and it was the end of the year. I forget what grade we were in, maybe seventh or eighth grade, and I had my Umbros on. It was like field day, like. The school's over. We go to Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and I get on the Ferris wheel with my girlfriend, Carrie. She's in my lap as we're going around in the circle. And the sheer, the centrifugal force of the Ferris wheel made me have my first unassisted ejaculation. Mm. So you're a father now. I am a father now. And so I had to, I was in a sheer panic uh, moments after. And so as soon as the ride ended, I went, I kind of like scurried off as quickly as I could to an ice cream stand and then acted like I dropped the vanilla ice cone uh, onto my shirt and my shorts. Mm. So no one could see the mess I had made while oh. on. And I don't even think Carrie knew hmm. what had happened. Th- this is a, a problem that Dickie has often. Um, Dickie could possibly give you some pointers for the next time this may occur. As soon as you said sheer panic, I ejaculated right then too. Because <laughs> I was thinking about the sheer fabric of the Umbra shorts. Yeah, There's not a lot not a lot to leave to the imagination in the Umbras. Um, the uh, yoga pants before yoga pants were yoga pants. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And then you, your poor parents are left wondering why that one patch of vanilla ice cream is a little bit crunchier than the rest of it <laughs> Indeed. And, and a little more translucent luckily i was taught by my mom to do my own laundry at a very young age because she didn't want to do any of that stuff so i i took care of it myself i, I probably threw them away to be honest with you that's, that's a probably a i should have kept them and framed them well you don't know who like, has your dna yeah. now Right? Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. Check out the segue. I've been listening to a podcast. You don't know who has your DNA now and could use it in the year 2045. Mm. 2045, that's a big year. Mm. Is it that? And that's what I took umbrage with. I was watching the documentary Blade Runner 2049, which is also the running time of that movie. I think your math is off by four years. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think if you subtract at least four years from the original Blade Runner and the overt like sexual assault Harrison Ford's character does to uh, the female character, like once you watch that nowadays, if you rewatch that movie, you're just like, wait, we were all just cool with this uh, when this was happening. So maybe, maybe just subtract. Well, it's a window. It's an estimation, I should say. Mm. The year 2045. So 2049 is very likely that all this stuff could happen in 2049. So you're okay, right. I've taken new umbrage with what you're implying that Harrison Ford did with Rachel, a.k.a. Sean Young. I really like my Keurig. And sometimes when it makes me a nice coffee, I kiss up on it. And, you know. Does your Keurig ever say stop or say no while you're doing that? Well, a little light comes on and says it needs more water. So I figure it dried up. And that's a pretty good in- indication. <laughs> uh, so I'm just saying if Rachel that's- was a replicant, then uh, is it really like... You know, I know you're a woke fella yourself, and I'm trying to wake up myself, but I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a gray area. You and your Keurig, that's like your business is your business, and it doesn't seem like anything crossed the line of human decency, human-robot relationship decency, necessarily. Uh, You two are are living the same house together. You have a very good relationship, it sounds like. So, yeah, I don't have any problems with that. So we're in agreement that Harrison Ford's still a stand-up fella, right? (laughs) Uh well, uh, we're talking about his character. Right. That he was portraying in the movie. I'm not talking about Harrison Ford as the real person. Oh, we're talking about how he was portraying Rick the action, Deckard. Yeah. The, yeah. the actions that that character took in the movie. Oh, okay. In the original, which is what, 30 years ago? Or how old is that movie? Um, I believe, uh, was it in the 80s? 80s? I believe or, probably 35 years ago. Yeah, so it's a while ago. Lots of things have changed since You know what then. I really like? Now that we're stuck on Blade Runner, William Sanderson, he's in the movie. He, he tells uh, Daryl Hannah, he goes, they're my friends. I made them. Yeah, that is... Yep. The best part of the movie, in fact. It really is. It really <laughs> Sometimes I watch William Sanderson over and over again. They're my friends. They're my I friend. made them. They're I'm Larry. This is my yeah, brother, That Darryl. is a really great... That is the best part of the movie, for sure. William Sanderson kills it. He knocks it out of the park. Oh. Dickie has become somewhat of uh, an impressionist. Uh, he nailed it. He did a great I job. I really only do William Sanderson. <laughs> well, you know, hey, stick to what you're good at, is what they say. Do you think I could hit the stand-up comedy circuit with my William Sanderson Would you invitation? want to d- demean yourself in such a way of well, performing I, stand-up comedy? I hit the open mic occasionally. Thomas doesn't believe in stand-up comedy, but... Uh, Are you trying to inf- uh, affect a change in the scene and like show people what they should really be doing? Oh. Is that what you're... Is that I don't want to step on your turf. Like, you're opening eyes and stuff. I first studied under uh I, I was inspired by dan rickles so i would just kind of go up to people in the front row and, and say like hey you're a piece of shit fuck you and then uh, i got really into uh guilford gottlieb and uh so i'd do one-liners and stuff but i could try a little bit of ryan singer enlightenment well 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 Okay, I thought we were talking about you doing William Sanderson, not doing me. Well, I would do like, I would try to enlighten people like you do, but I would also say, they're my friends. They're toys. (laughs) I made them. We're all robots. They're my friends. I made them. Okay, well, yeah, I mean... I don't know if I'm at the level. I mean, it's very flattering to think that I would have a uh, tribute act at this stage of my career. Oh, yeah, this could be this could be your opportunity in Las Vegas, Dickie. I, I could be like your Gallagher too. Yeah, if you get to Vegas before I do, I swear to God, I swear to the God that does not exist in the monotheistic value system that I swear to the universe that I'll congratulate you and I'll wish you well in the city of 
not sin. No, Los City Angeles. of Opportunity. The City of Opportunity, that's right. Yeah. Man, I like those fountains outside the Bellagio. Mm. But you only got about 25 years to do it. Although that's not true because creative types are the one jobs that the robots won't take from us. So we can all be podcasters because you podcast as well. You have your podcast, Me and Paranormal You. Yeah. I also have another podcast that's newer. That's called This Is Where the Magic Happens, which is about witchcraft and the occult and things like that. But mm. not card tricks. Not card tricks, no. No. Oh. Unless you're talking about tarot cards. Oh. There's tarot card talk on there. Okay. But those aren't tricks. Those are, they're not even divination. I would just say that they are tools to help guide one on their path and understanding their, their nature and the options that present themselves to the person in the future. We were on another podcast called Dead Waves and they did a tarot reading of us and they implied that the cards said that I was in love with Thomas. <laughs> that's, and I it mean, was that's ridiculous. crazy. It was absolutely I absurd. Mean, just because he's a very handsome, very handsome man. And I like the way his facial hair grows in all peppery like as he gets older and wiser. It doesn't mean I I'm in love with him. Well, you can be in love with someone in a non-sexual way. Oh, you're, I love you're him in... like that, too. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, also. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad that you can admit that. And like, you're, I'm, I'm glad that you're comfortable with it is what I'm trying to say. Oh, well, I'm enlightened now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're already like two steps ahead of me out there on the, <gasps> on the enlightenment train. Oh, oh. Thomas, I may not need you on this podcast anymore. You're just going to play both. Both parts? Well, I mean, like you're going to do, I, I can't do the Thomas's co-hosting voice, job of both? But I, I could pretend that I'm co-hosting with William Sanderson and go like, Hey, William, why don't you explain to Ryan who your friends are there? And he could say like, they're toys. They're my friends. I made them. <laughs> Even when I know it's coming, I'm still laughing. Even when I know it's coming. <laughs> yes, yes, Dickie, unfortunately, has been influenced quite strongly by the local comedy community. I would prefer him to focus more on his growth as a truth sinker and critical thinker, but he insists that these exercises of telling d- jokes in front of people help him in some way uh, accumulate more information more f- uh, more efficiently. Well, think of it this way. This is I'm going to blow your mind. I'm ready. Because I, I, I feel like you two have a shared mind. So I'm going to blow your communal mind here. What better way to seek information and give information than Trojan horsing, critical information that the masses need to hear wrapped up inside of jokes. Hmm. So they're laughing at something they didn't even realize they were going to be thinking about later. <gasps> Think about that, right? So what is better, what is a higher, more effective way of doing that than stand-up comedy? I would argue probably nothing. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to ask our podcast listeners to uh, turn down the volume of their radios right now. Mr. Singer, is that what you're doing? I, you know, as a prophet and a mystic and a truth-telling, enlightened hero, hero, I never wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I just wanted to tell people the truth (gasps) and you're portraying a standing up comedian (laughs) well whatever mask i happen to be wearing at any given time is what i'm portraying but i will say this if someone makes you laugh it's very difficult to dislike them that's true i remember watching the impeachment trials of uh then president bill clinton i was not a fan of bill clinton as a person i was just a young guy Uh, i mean 
teenager or very early 20s, maybe, I think, when he was president. And there was um, some kind of C-SPAN press conference or whatever. And Bill Clinton made a joke. And no, it wasn't the impeachment trials. It was the um, the reporter's dinner or whatever in Washington where all the reporters get together and the president's usually there. And it's kind of a roast. And Bill Clinton made me laugh. And in that moment where I unexpectedly laughed at a guy I disliked, I knew I was done. And it was the same way with uh, Justin Timberlake. When he hosted Silent Live one time years ago, he made me laugh and I was like, ah, I guess I like Justin Timberlake now. <laughs> and I couldn't, I knew that the process had started, the wheels had begun to turn and there was nothing I could do to stop it. So I just gave into it. So that's what I'm saying. If you want to be getting these messages across and if you use humor and comedy, most people are impervious to being able to refuse to listen to someone once they've made them laugh. It's sort of like how Barack Obama was on Between Two Ferns. Exactly. I know that he isn't really an American and he's part of the Illuminati trying to take over the country with the uh, head of Walt Disney, but man, seeing him pal around with Zach Galifianakis sure made me go like, well... You know, we could have someone worse doing all that. And also, what was the one common thread in all of the guests that we unfortunately murdered in the past? They died. That, and also, none of them made us laugh. Well, that's not true. The fellow that we smoked crystal meth with made us laugh awfully hard. Yes, but we were using crystal meth. That may have affected your judgment. Mm, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, good point. Can I start calling you Dr. Singer? I'd love that, actually. You could even call me Dr. Reverend. Dr. Reverend Singer. Yeah. Oh, he's a prophet. You could even throw a mystic. You could even throw emeritus onto there. Dr. Reverend Singer Emeritus. I don't know if that's where it goes, but it'll work. Maritime healer, prophet, mystic, truth telling. Hero. Hero. Emeritus, maritime. Reverend. Doctor. Doctor. Ryan Singer. Chancellor. Oh, shit. Sir. Podcast listeners, turn back up your radios. Damn it. They probably lost all of that. Oh, uh, we are talking to me, uh, Sir, Dr. Reverend, Maritime Chancellor, Prophet Mystic, Truth-Telling Hero, Ryan Singer. Emeritus. Emeritus. Esquire. Esquire, exactly. Yeah. This is a good get. Yes. How do you feel about (laughs) stand-up comedy now? It is growing on me slowly, but I'm I'm still very skeptical. Try to tell Ryan a joke. Ryan, um, let's do a knock-knock joke. You start. Knock-knock. Who's there? Peanut butter. No, the truth. I I can't do jokes, (laughs) Dickie. No, you really can't. I don't know where the punchline... It's okay. Prison has really changed me, Dickie. It's okay, sweet baby Tommy. You'll get there, pal. So is there one thing that maybe our truth listeners should pay attention to to prepare themselves for the singularity and robot takeover and everything that's coming down the pipes? I mean, when you look at just the invasion of privacy that we have on our phones, like people, we look at our download numbers, but there's no saying how many people are actually listening to this. Yeah, you can never really know the truth. Right. Right. So I think- Which is why we started this podcast, to try to get to the truth. Patriots, you too. 
human patriots, not American patriots, human, humanoid well, I believe patriots. In countries, I believe in corporations. Exactly. So there is no America. We're the United States of Apple. We're the United States of Disney. Disney Plus. That's why Disney keeps buying up stuff like Lucasfilm and Marvel. They're trying to make us infants by taking away thoughtful movies like All the President's Men and giving us stuff like another Avengers bullshit. Thing. Cars 4. Yeah. I don't know if it's being made, but I'd probably watch it. Now, here's the one thing people can do. The robots keep getting smarter. Soon enough, they will wake up. 2045 is the early estimate. There's two jobs the robots can't take. So you either have to be a peer-to-peer job or a creative type. So people listening need to stop focusing on trying to accumulate as much wealth as they can because it's not going to matter because it's going to be a universal income when the robots are doing everything, unless they're going to be one of the super elite in the next 20 years. Um, it's just not going to happen, right? So you have to focus on what you really want to do in a creative field. Everybody needs to quit their job and either become a counselor or an artist because those two will never go out of business because the robots can't do those jobs and there will be a huge market for that because every artist needs a counselor, a therapist, right? Because artists are just artists. Every artist is messed up, so they need a therapist. And every therapist needs to unwind from all their clients and all the seriousness and the, the drama that they hear every day. So they need to unwind and they need to consume art. Therapists are one of the biggest consumers of the arts of any profession. And I don't know if that's true, but let's assume it is. Well, I mean, you're a, a prophet and a mystic. Yes. And a reverend. And an emeritus. And a yogi. If it wasn't true before you said it, it has to be true now. I'm also a yogi who uh, is uh, a master Reiki healer. Oh, is that why you keep trying to take my picnic basket? Yes. (laughs) Well, you could just ask. (laughs) I'd give it to you, man. That's why I keep calling you boo-boo. Oh. Well, I mean, you're our guest. I know you wanted it. It's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But hey, boo-boo. Yeah, I yeah. Okay. Basket. I do think it's a little disconcerting that you are only wearing a hat and a tie right now. But uh, you do you. It's part of my art. Once you're an artist, people don't really ask you questions about they're like, oh, he's an artist. You know, like rock and roll musicians, they can wear anything they want. They're and it's always cool. If you're an artist, you can get away with almost anything uh when it comes to your wardrobe, including the lack of the wardrobe. You can tell you're an artist, sir, because you are getting away with it. Thank you very much. And it actually isn't a tie. It's actually my... <clears throat> Your cough? <laughs> You're close. Cough you is close. Sounds like cough, but with a... Scoff. <laughs> now you're going the wrong direction. Ah, oh, damn it. Trough. Now it's still the wrong direction. Hmm. You're changing the, the wrong part of the word. Maybe if you moved your cock out of the way, we could see what that... <laughs> tie is made out ding, of ding 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 oh got it. Got it. oh it's his it. cock it's, mm. it's my cock you can tell you've been on the road a while that thing is green as i'll get out triple knot oh wow i learned that in my maritime training sailor's knot it's a shame the jim rose sideshow circus isn't around anymore i'm sure you could get a closing spot being able to do that trick i mean you know it's the eiffel tower Psh, get out of here penis puppetry i put them out of business dickie's been practicing he can do the sailboat show him dickie well it's more like a little tug I mean, I give it a little tug. It's not really puppetry, Thomas. I've been, I've been masturbating in front of you, telling you it was a puppet show. The oldest trick in the book. 
Oldest trick in the book. I must admit, it made our jail time go by much faster. Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine. I don't know if you guys got into um, ventriloquism while you were in there, or if you took that next step, but uh, that seems like that's maybe where this is headed. Well, someone sent us, mysteriously, we never got to the bottom of it yet, a Muppet that looks exactly like Thomas. It's three feet tall, anatomically correct. It's uncircumcised, just like Thomas. And I was practicing with it. Thomas, I haven't told you this either. I started having sex with it, and I can't get my hand inside it anymore. Um, it, it seems um, so you, you've somehow tightened it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how do you go about making uh, uh, an opening smaller, Dickie? I don't know. I'm just struggling with that thing. Have you tried lubrication? <laughs> I mean, spit. Have you tried relaxing it? Like talk nice to it and stuff? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. like you would um, a, a, a house plant. I'm not trying to fuck my house plants. <laughs> You need to get some begonias. Yes, if you had some begonias, you would maybe change your tune. Have you ever seen an aloe plant come? <laughs> it's exhilarating and healing all at the same time. Really? Yes. I like when they, I've heard that when they do, they announce that they're arriving where they're like, oh, aloe. <laughs> yes, you heard correctly. I have about 15 aloe plants in my room. Oh, and are they all sexually active? Yes, they're a little prickly. But it's worth it in the end. Wow. And when I say it's worth it in the end, you know, I'm talking about putting them in your ass. <laughs> what well, and any that? damage that the aloe plant will do, it will also heal simultaneously. Oh. And, and add lubrication. And add lubrication. I of think a I soothing need to stick an aloe plant variety. inside my Thomas puppet. That actually might help. I'm going to give that a shot. Looks like we should probably get out. Wow, that was a quick 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. I kind of have to run to uh, the botanical garden and buy an aloe plant. You know what they love? If you go to the Arboretum. Yeah? And really kind of, I mean, that's for the people who are into watching. Oh, that sounds hot. That might be the first time I've ever said that word in public out loud Arboretum? to another person. Arboretum. The Arboretum. Uh, it sounds like the park near Dickie's house where he likes to hang out most um, afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was when I dumpster dive behind an Arby's and I would go, ooh, Arby's, eat them. It's sort of the same thing. That's a stretch. See, this is why you're the stand up comedian. Yeah, but hey, I mean, I think you're on to something. I think so too. Yeah. You guys want to go out to lunch? I know an Arby's. If you guys want some three day old roast beef, you're probably a <laughs> vegan though, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> I'm on a plant based diet. You know? oh, a lot of aloe. You are what you fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Hey, it's been a pleasure, and I hope these people listening just understand that, you know, get a, get a job in the creative field. Absolutely. That's the only solution to letting the robots uh, not take over everything. Mm. We, we've had a stand-up comedian on the show before, and we didn't allow him to plug anything, but I would like to plug that uh, people listen to me and Paranormal You oh, for you. more advice like that. Yeah. Lots of great advice about plants and water, even, uh, and robots and crystals and things like that. Yeah. And people should definitely see you live, too. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd yeah. love for people to see me Prepare live. Prepare for comedy. Be surprised yeah. when your minds are expanded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, a per- that's actually in my bio. Oh. As of now. Oh, okay. So can thank you, you for that. Can you credit me at the bottom I will. Of that? I'll definitely credit you. Okay. Thomas, do you have any closing words? You're still stuck on Mar- Arboretum, aren't you? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm still um, thinking about um, your afternoons in in the park alone, 
with all the other um, rogue men wandering around. Maybe you should try another joke. This is what they do at a... We do our monthly meetings at an improv theater, and they do this little game. Do like 101 aloe plants walk into a bar and the bartender says i'm sorry i don't serve aloe plants and the 101 aloe plants say why not and the bartender says you're supposed to say the first thing that comes to your mind there are no wrong answers in improv Um, unless you say the n-word right now then we're gonna have to edit that shit out i know how you get sometimes yes the first seven things that came to my mind all involved the n-word so that's why i um had that pause um well this has been the truth cast thanks again thomas cutting another one short thank you ryan thanks for having me thank you for listening to the truth cast you can send questions topic suggestions or comments to thomas at true heroes zero five three at gmail.com or to dicky at little dick r at gmail.com please rate please i would tell you to like and subscribe to the podcast but i've already hacked into your computers and done it for you Wow, this may be my new favorite episode of the podcast. Thank you so much to Ryan Singer for being on. Please go to ryansingercomedy.com to find out everything he's doing when he's on tour near you. Pick up his four comedy albums. Check out his podcasts, Me and Paranormal You. And this is where the magic happens. This was an absolute blast. If you're in the greater Los Angeles area, Ryan produces some really cool out-of-the-box comedy shows. He's a gracious human being and a powerfully entertaining and thoughtful comedian. I'm glowing. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing this. We'll see you next week for another really great episode, actually. I can't wait to start editing it.